0: Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports-related, please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Ding, ding, ding! Greetings and salutations! If you didn't hear that bell, I know you did, welcome to Outside the Sheds. I am your host, your Shed Adamus, your cruise director, your captain, Corey Jackson. And I'm here right now to bring that, 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 what is that? That jolt of energy. Because Shed Heads, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Okay, it's time. I hope Buffer doesn't sue me for that. What I'm saying is we are hours away, let me do this, hours away from playing our first match of the 2021 NRL season. I know, calm down. I hope you're not pumped through a bunch with a punch of Rockstar Energy or Monster Energy or Mushroom Coffee. I'd probably take all three right now. Was outside doing, like, I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes with your Shed Adamas. I was actually outside today working with maybe the most important person in my life. I can't give you everything. I can't give you all that information right off the bat. you can have to do some research on me. But me and this lovely individual that I get to spend my days with, her and I had to do some excavation of our property. And I'm going to tell you something. I know you guys are looking at me. Okay, you're not. I don't let you look at me. I let you inside. But just because I let you inside, there's some things I've never let you know. One, I hate doing yard work. I hate it with a passion. I had to mow the grass growing up. Uh, and had no problem with that. That's how I got my, my allowance once a week. And that's about it. I, I love playing sports. I love playing sports outside. But I, But trimming or cutting down trees... Or, let's, let's put it to you this way. If your dream was to give me a tool set as a kid, me and you were not going to be good friends. Just saying. Nothing personal. Love tools. But I love it when other people are using them. Let me just put it to you that way. But, did that. Got some good fresh air. Got pumped up. Then I ran into a. I felt like a speed bump. A wall. I was like, ah. Even though I got my workout in before then. But guess what? None of that matters because I'm in the I'm in my groove right now I'm here with you and what we're going to do is we're going to break down we're going to come together we're going to figure out this first week in the super excuse me in the NRL sorry Super League you got 2 weeks before I talk about you but that's what we're going to do and that's what we're going to have fun with today I've got some some very unique things for outside the bubble one good one confusing uh, but we're going to go through this. We're going to rock it out. So sit back. Get your favorite beverage. If it's alcoholic, don't tell me because I put that stuff away for a little while. But let's get let's get this going with the 40-20. Let's get it going. Well, I, I, I would say that we'd start the 40-20 with, with week one here of the NRL season. But news is broken that the career is over. Cameron Smith is officially retired. And I'm, and I, if I was going to put a wager on, I thought that he would have played on one more season. Now, that does mean that he would not probably have played in Melbourne. He probably would not have played for the Storm, which means that he would not have stayed a one-club man. And I think when it comes down to it, even though... Cameron Smith loves Queensland. I'm saying he's one of the greatest captains in Queensland state of origin history. Nothing against you, Wally. But Cameron Smith is an immortal for a reason. Not that Wally's not, I know. Calm down, all of my maroon brethren up there. Calm down. But Cameron Smith is, is, is a special, special player. And I think he knows that he had a special moment in time with the Melbourne Storm. He's still incredibly close with Billy Slater. Billy Slater, a one-team player as well. He's a little bit on the outs with with, uh, Cooper Cronk. But I think with time, uh, that will mend and heal. But the big three are the big three. And even though Cooper did leave the Storm to play his last two seasons with the Roosters and gotten himself another two championships, by the way, I think that was always the thing that Cameron Smith could not get his head around, and that is to run back out onto a field and to look across and see. Because it would have been this season. Because I think Cameron Smith would have played only one more season. But I don't think he could have looked across and played against his mentor, Bellyache, Bellamy, his coach, and taking it on the team that he loves, I think that that was a very very tough thing for him to come to terms with. Even though I think he has an incredible passion still left in him for the game, I just don't think he can handle playing against a team that he will go down loving. Um, but a tr- but it but one of the greatest careers in NRL, in, in NRL history has come to a close. And if you look at these numbers, Smith who's 37, is the highest cap player in rugby league history. He played 430 NRL games, 42 state of origins, and 56 tests for Australia. 56. That's a lot of ugly little caps in your closet. Because a lot of people understand when, when you hear that a, team, that a guy has been capped to play for his country... A lot of people understand that history and the origin of that is that you really got a cap. It was looked like a little bit of a derby cap, kind of, maybe a British racing hat, kind of. It was knitted, usually had in the colors of your team or your country, I should more say. And you got a cap every time that you got called up to play for your for your country. And that was the same way as in soccer, football, no matter what you want to call it. And in Rugby League, you've got a cap. And that's why they call it Caps. He has 57 caps. Not a cap that you're going to want to wear to the bar too much, but but it means a lot. And if you ever find one of those caps on eBay or online, you're going to pay a pretty penny for that. Now, back to Cameron Smith. He's got 56 of those ugly little hats. But the meaning of them probably is one of the greatest things. Because if you talk to any of these players, right now, the big talk is Sean Johnson is is really talking that he wants to come back on top of his game, even though he's not going to be back with the with the Sharkies until at least round eight. But the, what he is driving for is he wants to be back at England at the end of the season to play in the in the Rugby League World Cup and represent New Zealand. And he says to himself to this day that that being in camp with his Kiwi brothers, and being in camp for his country is the greatest thing that a player can do. So, 56 of those, that's a lot. And I will tell you, I never got to see Cameron Smith play live. I watched him play a a lot of his matches from 2010 on. And I actually have a Cameron Smith, uh, I guess it's his, they came out with a commemorative, I think it's a his 300 game jersey. It's either 300, or 400 game jersey they came up with, which was really, really cool. Um, but you know, and by no means is the Storm a favorite team of mine. I just know greatness when I see it, and I don't care if it's in golf, hockey, basketball, football, soccer. I don't, I don't care. You know greatness when you see it, and Cameron Smith may be the greatest player I've ever seen. And I know it's it's really tough to say that because it's, there's different things that go into all the different positions on the field. You know, you're not the same player playing fullback as you are playing rake or hooker or center or back row or front row. I mean, it's 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 totally different. I understand that, but pound by pound for pound, what the man brought to the table, what he accomplished, and and here's the thing. We're talking about maybe one of the most violent, physically taxing sports there is. That's why we love it. That's why we love the game. And to look at how the man has barely been injured, playing rake, playing dummy half, playing hooker. where He's doing 40 40 plus tackles a match. And they say one thing about Cameron Smith that a lot of people don't pay attention to is they say he doesn't look at but he's very physically strong and he would have to be. But they said, if he gets his hands on you, he's going to hold you and he's going to get you down. And there's going to be the players. And you know, you, you, you might know one of them, one of um, the first interview in outside the sheds. My brother, Dom is not a gigantic fan of Cameron Smith, but he respects Cameron Smith. And, I think that's all you can say. There's, you're never going to be loved by everybody, but you want to definitely be respected. But hats off to the end of an incredible career, a career that to this day I'm saying that he's already been immortalized. He's an immortal already for for state of origin. So uh, hats off, caps off, all of it off, whatever. But uh, congratulations to Cameron Smith. I know that was tough. You know, if you if you listen to him talk. It was not an easy decision to come to. Um, But I'm really, really, really curious to see what the next stage uh, for Cameron Smith is because I know he's gonna wanna stay around the game. And it's gonna be very interesting to see where he goes with that. Will it be a media role? Will it be a coaching role? Will it be an ownership role? What is it gonna be? Because I think he brings something to all of those pieces if he wants to do that. So I'm excited to see that. But congratulations uh, to Cameron Smith on an incredible, incredible career. Alright, I know what you want. You don't want me just sitting here uh, licking at uh, Cameron Smith's uh, booties. So let's talk about what we're here for. Let's talk about round one. Let's talk about these matches. And how I'm going to break this down, I'm going to go down by the days these matches are played. And the first one being tonight or tomorrow morning, no matter how you want to say it. I'm not going to bed before the match so it's going to be tonight for me. Some people will be getting up to go to work by the time my match is finishing. So, the first match, here's a cool thing, Shedheads, and everybody over here in the States. This match, set your DVRs, set your Tivos, whatever the heck you use. 3 a.m., Fox Sports 2, FS2. We've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Melbourne against the Storm. The Storm team that I just talked to you about that will, will be running on the field without Cameron Smith being their captain. A storm team that's not going to have um, Harry Grant as well, so we know what that means. The hectic cheese starts off at at uh, Hooker at dummy half, so we're going to be able to see what is left. You still got you still got Munster and Hughes in the halves. You still got Pappenhausen. You still got the Fox for another season. You still have firepower. Melbourne, and I don't think anybody is feeling sorry for you for a second because you're still, after losing maybe one of the greatest players in the history of the game, you're still one of the favorites to still win it all and to repeat. But here's the problem. You're playing against a team that I think is my, it's not tough for me to say because a lot of people are already feeling that, my favorite to win the competition this year, and that's the boys from Redfern the South Sydney Roosters. Excuse me, this oh my god, did I just say that? The South Sydney Rabbitohs, not a Chuck. I apologize. Oh boy. <laughs> uh forgive me, David. I apologize. Anyway, uh, the bunnies. Uh I think I think Russell I thought I think Russell Crowe just put on an extra 5 pounds after I just said that. I I can't believe it. Anyway, the bunnies. Now here's the funny thing about this, and a lot of people don't know this. The bunnies have never won in Melbourne they've never won down there and I think that ends tonight because yes you've got Brandon Smith starting at hooker you got George Jennings is going to be starting on the wing for the storm Raymond Smith is going to be starting at the centers tonight for the storm um, but this bunnies club is special this bunnies club I think can do some very very special things this year and I think there's only a few teams that can really challenge them all season. One of them is the team they're going to be playing tonight or this morning. Um, but Josh Mansour, who's come across from Penrith, he's going to get a start tonight for the, for the Bunnies. And then you've got some some key pieces that I think could really be some of the major catalysts that help take the bunnies over the top in, in key times, no matter if it's state of origin or in the middle of the season where they could be losing um, some key players. But the acquisition of Jairo and Benji Marshall, I think are going to be key to help them get over the line at the end. Um, they're both coming off the bench tonight. They're thinking that they're actually going to play the rabbit system where... Um, Benji will almost be like a rover, and just be kind of in this in the middle of the field. So you're almost going to be playing with three halves in this configuration. Uh, but I think it's going to be magical. I think that you just look at that team. You know, the only thing that I think that could derail the bunnies this year is the camp. This is the contract talks with Adam Reynolds, because a lot of people feel that Adam Reynolds is the spiritual leader at Redfern right now. He grew up. He grew up in the streets of Redfern. He grew up idolizing and wanted to be a bunny. This is where he wants to be. This is his home. And right now, there's a contract negotiation going on when Adam Reynolds, Adam Reynolds wants more than a one-year deal. And right now, that's the only way, that's as far as the bunnies are willing to take it. He says he's willing to do a two-year deal, but a one-year deal is not happening. And the problem is. If Adam Reynolds, for some reason, this goes sour in negotiations, and Adam Reynolds has to finish out his season with this hanging over his head, and teams start to poach, and teams start to creep in and start throwing money at Adam Reynolds, because they will throw money at Adam Reynolds. South City is the only team that will be able to get Adam Reynolds on the cheap. And we're not talking about pennies on the dollar. Adam Reynolds is is going to be in high demand especially if a team thinks they can get him so if that starts buzzing around Adam Reynolds ear that he can get a three four year deal for some for a pretty penny for a pretty good rate that is to me the only thing that could get some trouble brewing in Redfern but besides that I think the bunnies are gonna—they're gonna—they're gonna do some destruction this season. So I've got the bunnies tonight, winning their first match in Melbourne over the Storm. Then we have tomorrow, 1 a.m. We've got the Bulldogs at the Knights, a Knights club that just got done giving Mitchell Pierce a one-year contract which might not be the best thing for him because that means he's going to have to turn around and try to find another contract right before he turns 34 years of age. So, you know, let's be honest. Mitchell Pierce has got himself into problems uh, why this negotiation uh, did not go the best because he did some things off-field that probably he's not the most proud of, but it cost him. But he did get his contract to take him through uh, next season, so congratulations to him on that. But, what happens? For one, Kalen Ponga will not be playing tonight. Ponga's not going to be back for a few weeks. So you already have a spine now that's a little bit off. We do get Tyson Frizzell gets the, will make, make his premiere or his debut today for the drag excuse me, for the Knights up uh, up in the Hunter. Uh, and Jaden Braley comes back. And we remember Jaden Brayley did not really get to put his stamp on the Knights that much last year because he blew his knee out. Which is really, really sad. But I've seen Jaden Braley uh, in some interviews. And he has, he has put some kilos on. And that isn't kilos in his stomach either. He's put on some muscle. I looked at Jaden Braley when he was doing an interview. And I looked at his neck. And that's what told me that he has been working. And, you know, that's all you really can do when you blow your knee out like that. But it looks like, like Jaden Br- that excuse me that Braley has been definitely uh, throwing some weight around. And that he looks very physically strong coming back to the side so it's going oh and because of that hard work he's also been gra- granted uh, and been named as a co-captain for the team so that means a lot so it's going to be a very it's going to be a different match to watch i'm really excited for this match i don't really have a dog in this fight oh did i just say that i'm sorry sorry dogs you are in this fight aren't you but it's you know neither one of these teams are a team that you know i, I I like to watch both of them play, but I can't say that I've sat back and watched hours and hours and hours of game film. But I will say that both teams look like they're in a good place, but I really think the Bulldogs right now are hungry to change last season into forgetting about that, going forward with this new administration, this new coaching staff, uh, new half pairing. And I've got the Dogs winning this match. And some, this is going to be an upset to some. But I have the Canterbury Bulldogs beating the Knights uh, in this match. Then we go to 3.05 a.m. We've got Kevvy! We've got the Eels going up to Brisbane to take on the Brisbane Broncos. And why I just scream Kevin like that? Because one of the good guys in the league, in the game, Kevin Walters, gets his dream... It happens. Kevin Walters coaches his first game for the Brisbane Broncos. And that's going to be really, I'm very excited to see this because I just want to see Kevvy's emotions when he's actually up in the press box. Now, they might not be good emotions for very, very long because I think the Eels are definitely the better team on the field. But here's the thing. Brisbane has a lot of good players. Brisbane did not have leadership last year. That was Brisbane's problem. They've lost some players, sure. They lost David Fafita. We all know that. It was a big signing they thought they were going to get. But I really think that, I think, I think Kevvy and the Broncos are going to surprise some people this year. A lot of people have them tabbed to, to to bring home the wooden spoon again and to finish and last. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I just don't think that the Broncos are finishing and last again. Uh, I don't think they're going to make the finals by any means, but I do not think that the Brisbane Broncos will finish in last. And I just think that Ke- that Kevin Walters, Kebby's going to bring out something out of this pack, out of this group. And that's pride, that's belief, and that's camaraderie. And that's something this team is needed. And I think with Gordon Tallis coming back, um, and a lot of the, go- the old boys coming back, I think that you're going to start seeing this team play a little bit more up to the potential that they had last year, which they never showed. But we've got some some big namings. Uh, Kebby is named Brody Croft in the starting halves over uh, over Dearden, which I think, I think a lot of people are a tad bit surprised about that. But they also point into the second half against the Cowboys how Dearden kind of lost a little bit of control of the side and that is something that is very very much needed. I think a lot of people have been looking down their nose at Brody Croft. I think that Brody Croft has I think he's played down to what some people have felt about him when he was back at Melbourne. They just I think that was too much weight for him to come in after after Cooper Cronk left. And I just don't think you know some guys everybody reacts differently to that type of pressure. So he goes from trying to to carry um that's the side that Cooper Cronk leaves and then go up to a Brisbane side that wants you to be the savior, a Brisbane team that did not have the leadership in place to bring out the best in the kid. So I really think Brody Croft is a, is a good player. I think that a lot of clubs would be fortunate to have him in their halves. but I think you're going to see him play a lot better than you did last season. Um, it's gonna be fun to it's gonna be a very fun thing to watch his reaction to how he plays the game knowing that Dearden's right there because I know a lot of clubs are coming for Dearden. A lot of clubs think that Dearden could be the half for the next ten years um if you could get him. Um, but I think you know, I think that's gonna be a fun battle. but I think I think this comp- this this competition, is really going to bring out the best of the two guys. I think Dearden's going to step his game up, seeing that he wasn't named in Kevy's side, and that I think Brody Croft is going to say, I'm going to have to play week in and week out some of my best footy for me to keep my job and my place in the team. So whenever you have that, that lifts everybody on in a team uh, because that competition is what you want. All coaches want to feel competition. There's not a coach that usually does not get excited when a fight breaks out in camp. And a lot of people look at me when I say that. But when fighting happens in a camp, and I'm not talking fighting day in and day out, but when a fight breaks out in camp, that shows you that these two guys want it. These two guys are hungry. These two guys are dogs. These two guys are ready to bite to show who they are. And that trickles down to the rest of your club. Because after a few punches are thrown or somebody really gets into it, guess what? They're like brothers. They're on the same team. They all, they all rock the same jersey. They all have the same goal. So it's going to be a good time to see that I think that that, that halves battle is going to bring out the best in the club. And then you've got David Mead. David Mead is back in the NRL and he's been named on the wing by Kebbi. And that was a big a big grab. A lot of people, you know, and I, I've been watching David Mead because I, I watch Super League. And I've been watching him at Catlins. And he's been playing some really good football for the Dragons in the Super League. So I by no means didn't think that David Mead couldn't come back and, and, and take a place in the side. David Mead's a special player. And I think that a lot of people will be doing stories about four, five, six weeks from now about David Mead. And him coming back into the NRL and maybe why he even left in the first place. So we've got a match there, and like I told you, no matter how much you just talked about, talked up the Brisbane Broncos right there and under Kevi, there's no way to me that Brad Arthur's boys, uh, the Gutherino, the Blue and Gold. I don't think uh, I don't think anything that stops them. I think that the uh, Paramedic Eels go up. And they beat the Brisbane Broncos. Saturday, here we go. Here we go. 10 p.m. If you can find it, you don't have to stay up too late for this one. You've got the Gold Coast Titans, to me, my hot team going into this season. I am all in. I'm taking my chips, putting them to the center of the table. Now, when I say that, shed heads, I'm not telling you to bet Gold Coast to win the competition. Now, if you can get a 25 to 1, put $100 down. Because you might be able to take the little lady on a on a nice expensive, how should I say, cruise. There might not be better, better money for that. But, what I'm saying is, I'm not going in to pick them to win the competition. I'm just saying, it will be fun to watch the Gold Coast Titans play footy this year. Let me say that again. It is going to be fun to watch the Gold Coast Titans play footy this year. This team, if you get a chance, try to find it. It might be on YouTube. You might be able to poach it from somewhere. Uh, The NRL actually did a kind of um, hard knocks documentary series on the Gold Coast Titans. Because I think the NRL smells that this could be a pretty special team. And the NRL has very much wanted a team on the Gold Coast to catch fire and catch the momentum and the heartbeat of that region in that area. Because we already know the fan base that Newcastle has. The fans and the hunters are some of the most passionate fans you'll see. But we needed to go a little farther north, and we need that bridging gap between Central Coast and Brisbane. And that is what the NRL really wanted the Gold Coast Titans to be. Look, the AFL actually put a club up there. The Suns have done nothing to, to help that along as well. So both Gold Coast clubs have not really lived up to the quote-unquote um, ideal play that both, that both organizations were hoping for. But I think that's about ready to change. And I think this is going to be a pretty special season for Gold Coast. But also the team they're playing, I think the Warriors are going to have a good season. I think Nathan Brown coming in there, I, I don't know, I don't want to say Nathan Brown wears on people after being at a place for a little while, but he does get things out of somebody and out of teams early on in his tenure. And I think, I think that, you know, that, that the Warriors had a chance to settle in at, in Central Coast. They've been there now for two seasons. I know it was heartbreaking that they're not going to be back until probably July. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Warriors, I definitely want you to go home. I definitely know that sleeping in your own bed might be damn cool. But I think Nathan Brown has got this team bunkered up. I think they're dug in. I think they know this is Roger tuivasa Shaq's last season there. They want to do some special things. And I know RTS wants to get them into the finals for his last year. So I think this might, this might to me, be the match, the, the, the game of the round. This might be the game of the round. And I, and, and I, I say this one or the match we watched tonight between uh, the Storm uh, and uh, the Bunnies I think that these are two matches that are going to be straight fire all the way through. I think that they really, really will be. Um, David Fafita, you know, I just talked about him. Has come across the big poach. Malmaninga Meninga brings him over, uh, so we get to see David. We get to see David Fafita actually put on the jersey for the Gold Coast Titans. I know they're very excited about that. And then Patrick Herbert's been named um, in the hat in the centers. Excuse me for the Titans. And that's going to be exciting for him because don't forget, he played for the Warriors last year. So he gets to take on his old team. But I just think that this is going to be a very, very, very fun watch. Uh, I am a huge Fogarty fan. I, I There's something about this guy. To me, he's one of my favorite players to watch, period. And I can't tell you, uh, since I've been watching the Gold Coast Titans you know, through the last 10 years, 11 years, that I've ever been excited quote unquote but they've got two of my favorite players in the game in Fogarty and and Kazi Corey Thompson um, and AJ Brimson and I I fell in love with AJ Brimson even more when I saw him doing an interview wearing a Damian Lillard Dame Time t-shirt right there AJ Brimson went up about 60 notches in my book because he knows greatness what do they say greatness knows greatness so seeing a little Dame Town rep time representation up on the Gold Coast. That's what I'm talking about. So let's go into it. And I, I can't be wrong. We're going with these picks. Titans. I'm going with the Titans. Um, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be picking Titans more than I'm not I'm going to be more than I'm going to be picking against the Titans this season. So Titans, I've got in that 10 o'clock clash. Next, 12:30. Here we go. Get excited, Shedheads. a.m., Fox Sports 2. We've got the Manly Warringah St. Eagles going to take on the Roosters at the SCG, the Sydney Cricket Ground, the Chookies. We start it. Bird on bird violence, and I love it. So we've got, how should I say, a depleted, and I hate to say this, a depleted Manly team, and we haven't even started the season. Because we know this, we talked about it last week, Turbo is out. Once again, that deer's hamstring is hurt. So word came down that, that well, we know Desi does things in Desi's style. And Desi has named Dylan Walker to start at fullback in this match. Now, we don't know if that's going to say the case when all these guys finally run out on the field and the, and the whistle blows. But at this current juncture, Dylan Walker has been named by the Sea Eagles at fullback. I don't know if Dylan Walker has the lungs to play at fullback for an entire, an entire game, an entire match. So we might see him play there some, and then be some shifting going on uh, during the match. Because I just find it very, very hard to believe Dylan Walker, who carries around that type of muscle, is going to be able to run around like a banshee for 80 minutes. I just find that hard to believe. But more great news for the Seagulls. Um, I will tell you, I loved seeing this. I was actually at that uh, 2013 Grand Final uh, between the Seagulls and the Roosters. So whenever I see these two clubs play, I get excited. But one of the things I'm really excited about is seeing Kieran Foran uh, coming back to partner with DCE in the halves. And And I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. How I said, if we can just keep Kieran Foran healthy, I think that him coming back to Manley, which I'm going to say again, he should have never left. And I don't and, and to me, the question is what Manley could have done if that halves pairing of DCE and Kieran Forn had never been disturbed and that Kieran Forn would have stayed. I think Manley wins at least one more championship. If, they, if that halves combination is not broken up. But it is really going to be fun to see him running around back in Manly. Fortress Brookie. That's where he always should have been, and it's good to see him back in the maroon there again. And Lachlan Croker has been named at Hooker by Desi, too. So Cade Cuss does not get the start there. We're going we're to put Lachlan Croker in there. Now, for the Chucks, for the Roosters... You know, it's been a strange week for the Roosters. Maybe a strange couple of weeks because you've got the big news story that Cooper that, 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 that Cooper Cronk is going to actually play, or excuse me, is going to actually coach at the Roosters, but then also has a position for the Melbourne Storm as a consultation type of position. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how you feel about that. If you're a Roosters fan or a Storm fan, how do you feel about a guy playing or working for both clubs? Now, he comes straight out and says that he is a, a rooster. He's involved in roosters setting up game plans. He's involved in working with the Havs. He's also involved in working in the halves down with the Storm and Jerome Hughes too, so that's a little strange. But that being said, that off-field distraction has probably been, I guess, the number one news story there. Um, like I said, there has been talk about, um, about Luke Carey moving to, uh, to halfback and that opens up the five eighth position, which he's played for so long and, and the nod has gone to Lockie Lamb. I enjoyed, I first saw Lockie Lamb play when he played, uh, in the world cup, rugby league world cup in what? 17 was that? Yeah. 17, 2017 um and he played for Papua New Guinea. And even though he didn't play a lot for Papua New Guinea, when he was in there, he was fun to watch. He was a fun to watch player. So you know, there's gun there's a lot, you know, we're talking about the Sydney Roosters. We're talking about the Chucks. There are guys that are fighting to get into that halves position. To get in that 5'8 position. We know Luke Carey isn't going anywhere. Luke Carey, as long as he stays healthy, is holding down either that 5'8 or halfback position. You know it just depends where he's gonna play. But whoever's pairing with him, there are quite a few suitors that want to work with him there. So I'm very excited. I am very, very excited that Lockheed Lamb has won that. Um, I just hope that he doesn't feel like he has to look over his shoulder week in and week out and that he gets a good six rounds to actually show his mettle and to show the skill that he really has. And now that he's able to play at 5'8", he's going to be a little bit more free-formed to go out there and to create. And I think that's going to be a good thing for him, and it takes a little bit of pressure away from him having to do any type of structure and holding a team to some type of structure status. So, who do I have? Come on, really? Roosters all day. Roosters all day. Even though, like I said, I'm happy the D.C. and Kieran are back together. Roosters all day. And then the second game, because we've got a doubleheader, 2.35 a.m., 2.35, let's say it again, 2.35 a.m., we've got the North Queensland Cowboys at the Penrith Panthers. Wow. So we've got the team that was one, you know, 17-match winning streak, loses the grand final, that says they're still hungry. Um, they've got Cleary and Luai. They've got some key players back. And some people have them tipped as one of the favorites to win it all. And they're going to be playing that home match. And that is so big for Penrith. Penrith plays some incredible football at the foot of the Blue Mountains. Um, when you can get a black out there, or even when they come out rocking the the Pink Panther jerseys, they're special. They're a special, special club. So, what happens now when you've got a Todd Payton led, mentally strong North Queensland team coming down there that wants to show who they are, and a team that's pretty darn healthy, a team that's so healthy that here it is, Drinkwater has been named at fullback over Val Holmes. So what that means is Val Holmes is probably the most expensive winger in the competition. But I'm going to say this right now. Val Holmes, to me, is a better winger than he is a fullback. He's an incredible fullback, too. I'm not saying that. But I think a lot of this has to play that the Cowboys want to give Drinkwater the chance to show that he can play fullback, that he can be that guy. Because if he shows he can't be, I know there are some clubs that are circling around that would love to sign him. One being the Warriors. But I think Peyton's smart enough to say, "Well, let's let's see what we've got here. Let's see if he can if he can carry that weight. Let's see if he can set up plays. If he can help the spine. Um, you know, Morgan's back. You know, it, that spine is going to be very very key." in where the Cowboys go this season so for the Panthers they've named Mamorowski to start in centers and Tyro May is going to be coming off the bench now with all this said I have got the Cowboys upsetting the Penrith Panthers on their home soil I, I have to tell you after watching last season's uniqueness, one of the coaches that I fell in love with for what he did for a club is Todd Payton. And I think Todd Payton is one of the best coaches in the, in the game. I think he's underrated. I think he's not going to sneak in under the table against anybody right now because of what he did do to the, for the Warriors last year. But I think that the Cowboys are going to have a better season than a lot of people are predicting and projecting. And I think it starts off with them beating the Panthers. Saturday night. Are you ready? Ricky Stewart's boys hosting the West Tigers. The Madge McGuire Tigers. The Tigers that I don't know what they're doing half the time. But a, a Tigers team that has shown in the preseason that they're playing all right footy. But I've told you over and over again what I think about the preseason. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't hold It doesn't hold weight for me. 11.05 kickoff, so it's not too late. Like I said, my American brethren, you can get in on this one. So we have to understand and we have to remember that their captain, uh, Jared Croker, has, is injured, shoulder, still, coming back, coming back. So it looks like this young this young guy named Sebastian, who played well. I'm just gonna call him Sebastian right now. You don't get your surname yet. You just get your first Sebastian is gonna get the start in Croker's place. And he did play well in the preseason trials, even though again, you can't say that you're gonna say yeah, Corey, Shedadamas, you just said preseason doesn't matter, I know. But you gotta show your your you gotta show if you're a young guy what you got. And he showed that he's got some st- some talent and he's got some skill. We also have Ryan James, who has left the Gold Coast Titans, who's now going to be making his debut in Canberra for Ricky's boys. So it'll be unique to see where Ryan James fits in this in this setup, how Ricky's going to play him. And then you have the Tigers. The Tigers that I really have no idea what to expect from, what to to expect out of them. But the Tigers, one of the the bright spots coming out of this preseason is how explosive Dane Laurie's looked. And because of that explosion, he has been named as the starting fullback for the Tigers starting the season. I think that's a good choice. I think that's a very, very good choice. And you've got... You've got Mozambique who's going to be partnering Luke Brooks in the halves. And that is where my problem is. This is why I would have brought Benji Marshall back for one more season for the Tigers. Because I think there's just too much uncertainty for the halves. I think you throwing all your chips on the table behind Luke Brooks is a huge gamble. You know, I've been listening that Luke Brooks is the next... Uh, what do they try to call him? The the the, the next immortal, I, argh, did I say that? I apologize. No, but that, that that he is one of the next great, full, you know, halfbacks, five ace where you're playing him, but let's say halfback because that's all he's played. One of the best halfbacks for the future. Now the future's past. I'm saying we're there now. He's not a 20-year-old kid anymore. And the weight that this is going to be on him. And, and you know, Luke Brooks has always kind of stayed on the outside and let a lot of players lead. So that is gone. This is now Luke Brooks' team. Uh, Madge McGuire, the administration for the Tigers, have banked everything that Luke Brooks is going to be that leader that they thought they had for a very, very long time. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have not seen it. Not saying it will never show up. I just think by now, if it was going to show, we would have seen it already. So I think that's a big gamble. I think Madge has gambled a lot with his future with the Tigers. Even though everybody says that he's safe and this is his club, blah, blah, blah. But you better hope that Luke Brooks plays up to the potential that people think that he's had for a very long time. Otherwise, there is trouble in paradise coming for the Tigers. And then we close out round one with a 1:15 a.m. Sunday match between the rivals themselves, the Cronulla Sharks at the St. George Loire Dragons. Now, one of the cool and one of the most exciting young players in the game has been named on the wing for the Dragons. They've named Cody Ramsey. And I hope Cody Ramsey goes out there and plays up to his potential cuz he's a fun one to watch. But the sad part is that's it. I hate to say it that way. Corey Norman's not playing. He's got. He's been suspended for the, for the first game. So we've already got a little bit of trouble in the halves. Norman's not there. But the but the Dragons just have not shown me a lot this preseason. Uh, you know they got Jack Bird back. I'm excited about that. But I'm just really 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 worried. Anthony Griffin. He's gonna to have to be one of the best, you know, magicians that we've seen for a very long time. Because I think if he starts slow, people are gonna really start to buzz around. Was that the right hire for St. George, uh, for the Dragons? So we'll see. For the Sharks, Billy Magoulias has been named to the bench. I know a lot of people are excited about the Greek freak, uh, Magoulias, uh, the trick, the the trick kicker, the guy that uh, will go down in history for stealing. A, a, an unders competition from an incredible chip-and-charge kick. But because Magulius has been named in the side for the Sharks, that means Andrew Fafita has been left out of the 17. Wow. That's hard to believe because I'm saying this is the most freakish Andrew Fafita's look for a while with all the weight that he's lost, and we talked about that before the All-Stars match. But, again, young talent is young talent. Young skill is young skill And I think that a lot of people are excited To see what Billy Magulius can do That being said I'm going Sharks on this one I'm going Sharks And I'm going Sharks You can play the the Jaws theme music behind me right now I think the Sharks win this one And win it handily Oh, I didn't tell you about the Tigers Raiders match I've got the Raiders for sure I think you probably picked up on my feeling on that But I've got the Raiders for sure in that as well So that's it, that's round one those are the competition. Those are the, the the matchups we've got. Some of the breakdown that I have. Um, I don't know. I, I think, to me, I'm just so excited to watch some footy tonight. Um, that's all that matters to me. And we start off with a barn burner. So, get excited. Get ready. We started off. We'll be back next week again to break it all down for you. Let's go outside the bubble to finish this off, to finish off this rock show that we've had this week. And I'm going to start with time. Father time. Father time is not beaten often. We know that. But father time, for some reason, continues to give a hall pass to Roger Federer. Because today, the 39-year-old Roger Federer came back and returned to competition in a match at the Qatar Open. And he beat Dane Evans. And Dane Evans is a pretty, you know, is Dane Evans going to win a grand final ever? Probably not. But Dane Evans is that guy that's a pain in the rear end. You don't want to see it in your draw because he's going to probably keep you out there for a while and he can make some shots. And, and he tried to do that against Roger today. But Federer prevailed 7-6, 3-6, 7-5 in a grueling 2 hours and 24 minutes. But to me, that is perfect. That made Roger have to dig deep at times. That made Roger have to battle at times. It made Roger have to grit it out at times, and the good thing also is Roger's knee, Roger's knees looked good, and that is one of the reasons that we have not seen Roger up to this point, besides his our all of our buddies COVID, but Roger had been having a little bit more problem coming back from his knee surgeries. He's back, looks good, looks strong, looks fit. Now the question is, where does he go forward from this? I'm saying, does Roger still have? One or two more grand slams left in him. Can he get over Joker? You know, Rafa's already battling his own injury. So, you know, you're going to now have to worry about the Sashas. Uh, you're going to have to worry about, you know, Noli, the uh, Dominic teams. Those are the guys. And oh my gosh, I almost forgot about the, six big, the big six foot six Russian who actually battled Joker down in Australia. That being said, what can Roger do? I don't think any of us know. But I will tell you one thing. I do know it's incredible to see him back out there. And I'm so excited to see that he's back out there. And I think that he will do... I think he'll still do some pretty incredible things. I think he's gonna... I think him and Serena are gonna continue to push each other to try to find some more Grand Slams in them or at least some more championships and trophies. But to me, the most important thing is... It was so great to see him back. And welcome back, Fed. And thank God for Fed fan because they've been going through toxic withdrawal, not being able to watch you at least every other week. And I finish with... I don't even know what to say, Shedheads. I don't even know what to say about this. This story just broke. And, you know, for some reason in the world, politics has become very, very polarizing, right? You know, people have lost good friends uh, because of them not siding with one party or siding with the other party or not believing in their golden goose, uh, their golden idol uh, that to them is more important than their own parties. All of that stuff, right? But the one thing all of us hopefully can agree on is that we all want to beat COVID. We all want to kick COVID's ass so we can take our lives back. I think we can all agree on that, right? No one wants to be locked down. Nobody wants to not be able to go to the movie theater. Nobody wants to not to only have to do takeout food. Unless you want to be healthy and just eat at home. You can do that as well. But one thing we all want to do is is to kick COVID in the teeth, throw it in the back of somebody's trunk, push that car off into the ocean, Right? But then things come out, and certain people just don't get it. I think you might have heard through the news, Texas State Texas, their governor, Greg Abbott, uh, lifted the mask mandate. So my mouth was already somewhat gaped open from that ridiculous, idiotic move by a leader. And I've told you, I don't care if you're a governor. I don't care if you're the captain or your curling team. If you're the captain, and you're the, that means you're the leader. And if you're the leader, you have to do things to look out for your team and your people. That's why I said the idiot governor. But this story that just broke, I, I don't even know what to say. The Texas Rangers, and we don't talk a lot of MLB on this, Major League Baseball. You know, I will talk about the Padres every now and then. Uh, because I think they're the most exciting team in baseball. And the Dodgers, I like that Dave Roberts got himself a championship, even though their their GM, uh, the GM of baseball for Major League Baseball, said it's just a hunk of tin trophy. Uh, you know, anytime somebody says that, you got to feel good, right? But the Texas Rangers announced they are going to have 100% capacity seating on their opening day game. Shed heads, that's 40,518 people packed into a stadium in a state that does not say that there's they don't want to put people out by saying there's a mask mandate so we're going to put 40,518 people in a stadium shoulder to shoulder when we still have had problems in in a lot of these states with the rollout of the vaccine but we are like I say making inroads but you look at Canada you look in England I, I would say, look at Australia and New Zealand, but they did it the right way, so they can have fans back. But you look at entire countries that are not allowing any fans in the stadium. Any fans. Let me say that word again. Any fans. Any. And you have the Texas Rangers who are like, no, 100% capacity. Come on in. Come on in. We're serving hot dogs. We're serving Coca Cola because, you know, we got a contract with Coca Cola. And we're serving COVID. Now, I don't know how you want to buy your COVID, but we're serving COVID. We're serving it right up for you because guess what? We're ain't testing you when you come into our stadium either. So just come on in. Come on in. Let's just disregard this this stupid COVID. I'm tired of COVID, so I'm not going to pay attention to it. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. The owners of the Texas Rangers... Even though, you know, look at the leadership they get to follow, the governor of the state of Texas. But the owners of the Texas... Ra- oh, and, and by the way, as soon as he heard that, you know who was right there, too, the Grim Reaper himself. Jared Jer- Jer- Jones was saying he loved to have the Cowboys back in 100% capacity as well. Well, here's a funny thing, Jerry. You know you're playing in a closed dome stadium, right? At least the idiotic rangers can say, well, we had an open stadium, you know, so I thought we'd be all right. You know, it's we don't got a roof on this thing, even though we do, you know, we, we, we made, we just built a stadium. Where we're just going to destroy that thing, you know, just that we just built it 20 years ago, 15 years ago. When we could have, you know, right then for a million dollars put a roof on, we decided not to put a roof on because it's smart business. Yeah, anyway, I'm done with that stupid accent and I'm done with that idea. I'm done with that idea that people just don't get it. We all want to be back. We all want to be back to not have to worry about ourselves or the people sitting next to us, our friends, our family members, who might be, how should I say this, have compromised immune systems. Now, we're making strides. We're coming forward a little bit. But what do they always say? The toughest part of the race is when you see the tape. The toughest part of anything is when you think you're almost there because you got to finish. You have to finish and you have to finish strong. Well, that's all I need to say about that because once again, the great state of Texas comes forward to show that they have no idea and they live in a dystopia reality. And I don't know whose reality because just be grateful it's not hopefully most of your realities But with that being said, that comes to a close. Let's think more positive thoughts. Let's think about the NRL. Let's think about good crowds being at NRL games this weekend because, well, they did it the right way. But that is it for this week's Outside the Sheds. Your Shed Adamus is going to step down off of his soapbox. I'm going to walk downstairs, eat some incredible dinner. I know you're going to say I'm just eating dinner now. That's right. But I'm so ready for the match tonight. Don't forget, we've got the Storm and the the Rabbitohs, the Bunnies. 3 a.m. kickoff, Fox Sports 2. Tune in. I'll be watching it. Hit up my Instagram page. Let me know you're watching it. But until next week, Shedheads. Stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I'm your host, Corey Jackson. I will see you next week. Have an incredible first week of the NRL season. See ya! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.